Do you ever want to be a guest on a super cool podcast hosted by a glamorous power couple from their cutting-edge home studio on the outskirts of a major metropolitan world hub? Hollywood, anyone? Us, too. Until then, let's pretend. One of these days, you might get a DM, a PM, an EM, or even a message in a bottle inviting you to join my husband and I for an hour or two in our chat lab working on solutions for all the world's problems. And when you are invited, there's only one response. Yeah. Uh-huh. Aaron? Hey. 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 How you doing? I'm good. How you doing? Good. My phone. Oh, not here. Yeah, That's actually not my phone. So I'm still trying to figure out this board. I think I figured out how to make my voice louder. Mm-hmm. Ah. I'm good to me. But it's picking up all kinds of ambient noise. Yeah. Like, I could like I could hear you could hear a pin drop in the other room and it would sound mm-hmm. like a large metal pole hitting the concrete ground. You know, we had a separate bedroom where we could close the door and set it up as like a den recording studio. Yeah. Yeah. Set up all the egg crate stuff. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That would be a really good idea. Of course, we'd have to move to a place with two bedrooms. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. We could do it in the front room. That's served as a bedroom before. Do I sound louder to you than last time? Yeah, but it would be too hard to uh, soundproof that room. You don't know? Because I listen to the recordings, and it's like, Lisa, and you sound like you're, like, right here. And I sound like I'm, like, across the, you know, the room. The room. That's, that's how you talk, yeah. Well, yeah. Thank you, how, Aaron. That is how I talk. <laughs> that is how I talk. That's that true. is correct. And I want you to know, even though you can't see us, I'm actually making eye contact when I talk to you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Since you insist on video. Yeah. I don't insist. No, I'm just, yeah. no it's cool. We're just teasing. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we got our, our questions here ready. There he is. Mm-hmm. You can tell he's using his phone because of his number. Yeah. Hello, Lou. Diamond. Yeah. Are you there? Call us. Speaking. <laughs> Lou. Lou Diamond, Philip. I couldn't resist. I'm sorry. That was Phillip, my Lou joke. Diamond. That was going to be my joke. That's it how was. I was Stepped all over. It was, but he doesn't have a crush on Lou Diamond, Phillips, whereas I do. So. Yeah, I definitely do not. So I, I usurped the comment. Or the, the yeah. I usurped. Don't be so sure of that. <laughs> <laughs> la, 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 so Aaron has opted for video. Yes. Um, so, But uh, you're well, not, not compelled or required. Well, he's, I, uh, he's on I the have phone a anyway. Made for- I have a face made for radio, so that's kind of the way we look at it yeah. for ourselves. It's it's for your it's for your own protection. <laughs> Plus, I don't want you to see when Cowboy comes out of the bathroom. You know, he's kind of uh, he's a little bit shy. Smell of vision going. Yeah. You think about that one where the woman video called her husband while she was on the road, and uh, another woman comes out of the bathroom. They're yeah. like on sweet bathroom while she's talking to her husband. Yeah. yeah. Well, the Reds were off today, so oh. the Cowboys probably loaded up on all kinds of special you know, uh, sugars. Yes. Yeah. Oh, he's been jam. He's had his fingers in a gallon of uh, Montgomery and rib sauce, and I think he's got a bag of M and M's in there. Oh. <laughs> and uh, he's got a fat head of Marty on the wall. 
and it's got like a lot of like splatter marks. I re- I don't know what's going on, but it's... wow! I guess Marty got bird poop. Poop. Is it bird poop. <laughs> no, it's it's the same color as bird poop, but it's what's the viscosity? Anyway. Same viscosity as bird? Oh. anyway, we're not interested in the science. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the real question Just the is, there any, as, is there evidence of berries in the bird's diet? <laughs> um, there is evidence of berry larkin. Ah. Close. And there's and a larkin, it, it, that would be a bird, or at least that can do a bird. A lark. Yeah. Lark. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. On a lark. Yep. Mm-hmm. So. I'm going to be stopping here at Trader Joe's and then call you back in 10 minutes and then I'm going to Target and they're going to put some stuff in my car. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. That's very considerate of you. We've got to we've put aside some time for us. I appreciate that. <laughs> now, uh, every participant in this podcast is going to have to go through that, that okay. fire and brimstone trial by Aaron. <laughs> right. That is okay. Well, he had his marching orders that day, it seems yeah. like. Yeah, hey, you gotta I totally go. You gotta get go. it when your when your wife says, "Look, we need this, and we need this now." Yeah, yeah. You hop to it, buddy. Happy wife, happy life, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. So, what if it's fifteen minutes before we were going to do a podcast? Mm. Well, well, she was probably just putting you on your heels a little bit, testing you to make sure that you could really deliver on that podcast while doing all this other yeah. shit she wanted you to do. Yeah, because she cares about our podcast a lot. I'm sure. <laughs> Anyway, this is. Mm. Oh, wait a second. Sorry, uh, uh, I my throat's right a little now. backed up because I ran out of allergy medicine. So just give me a moment, gentlemen. Yes. Get, do you have your Navage neti pot? Mm. I do actually. Well, I use a homemade version. You know, you can run. You can get yes. Oh yeah, no, I'm not paying thirty dollars when I can get them from work for free. Yeah. You should try to get Navage as a sponsor for your podcast. Well, that's a good idea. You know, I I might have to test the neti pot, though, before, you know, wink, wink, nod, nod. But I do, I do make my own kind of homemade version of a neti pot. I tend to, Mm -hmm. yeah, I make, I make our fabric softener. Um, I make, um, you know, our, our, um, the, the stuff that goes in the, there's, there's no spray and wash in our spray and wash bottle. It hadn't been in there for years. <laughs> well, it's like a house on the prairie. Huh? Yeah. Like little house on the prairie. Oh, yeah, it's all over the poster, Marty. More like Midwest house on the cheap lady. Well, I'm going to get her out in the backyard making soap. You know, the summer. She I already tried way. to make soap, but I messed up. And quite frankly, I figured out it was almost as cheap to buy the all yeah. and not do the work. Because there's of, yeah, like, great soap and. Ugh. Yeah. It's like growing tomatoes. You might as well just go to the store. Well, yeah. Yeah. Unless you, you like, want a specific variety. Yeah. If you want those uh, Australian heirloom tomatoes, you're going to have to do it yourself. But otherwise, you're going you're gonna to save about six bucks per summer. Right. And, but I want a, a beefsteak. I want a good beefsteak tomato. I haven't found one in years. Mm. Um, yeah. The, the ones we have at uh, Ralph's here or Kroger, I should say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're pretty watered down even the organic ones yes but you know what hey you know what i have going in two miles from my house what trader trader joe's well, we have a trader nice. joe's in kenwood that's only a few miles and philip actually Dude. works 
you know, the same distance from Trader Joe's as we live from Trader Joe's. I have to drive all the way up there with this bridge shut down. Oh, yeah. No. And it's like a 35 minute commitment. I know it's not, not like nothing like L.A., but yeah. still. <laughs> Well, and like, I'm not going to be stepping foot in Kroger at all anymore between Aldi and Trader Joe's. Well, I'm assuming that you're saying you're on the Kentucky end. I am, but I was born in Cincinnati, but I've been yeah. in KY uh, most of the time here. Yeah. Right. Um, have you, uh, I know Richmond, I think down in Richmond, Kentucky, you can. Sure. Go Eastern, Ken and, uh, Eastern Kentucky University. Well, yeah, but um, there's like a farm down there where you can pick produce. Well, it's right before the flea market. I got an uncle farm. who is yeah. farm five living here where you can pick produce. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And that's, that's close in LA. I'm talking like, you know, well, for us, that would be further. I don't know how that far that is from you, um, Lou. Yeah. And um, what do you, how do you prefer we address you before we get started? Cause well, I think we've already Philip started. So let's me. go ahead and introduce <laughs> our guest. Okay. <laughs> right. Hi. Yeah. Uh, you're listening to Yeah, Uh-Huh with Lisa. And Phil. And today we have Lou Diamond, a local radio personality and uh, and close friend of all, our other guest, host she just, Aaron. She just skimmed the liner notes before we started. Yeah, sorry. I mean, he does a lot more than that. I know he's also a bartender in the area. And I'm sure he does many other things. Wow, he's got many it talents like, that went yes. on the list, actually. Yeah, it seems like I, Aaron's <laughs> described him as an all-around great guy. Yeah. Um, and as a man, Aaron Leckinger is leading. Joining I don't know if I said great guy. <laughs> yeah, sounds like a stretch. <laughs> so, Lou, how do you want us to uh, to address you? Uh, as Lou. Okay. Well, fine. okay, we yeah. interviewed people who like, you in the, know, in Tom the formal Thomas, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. is this a gender fluid question? No, it, it could be. Sure, is it a Lou versus Lewis versus Louie. <laughs> yeah, if you want it to citizen, be. Citizen, citizen of Earth, carbon life form. How about that? Lou Diamond. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Citizen Diamond, mm -hmm. an expert in carbon yeah. life forms. So mm -hmm. we'll address you. Yeah, but I was going to I was going to kind of get into some of your music and stuff. Aaron says that you're a drummer and you've been a drummer in some local bands and stuff. And uh, so I'm always curious in that type of thing. I worked with a network engineer that was a drummer and I'd ride with him to Guitar World every once in a while where he'd get some new sticks and uh, some equipment for his act. You know, he did a he was in a, a Marilyn Manson tribute band and. Um, he did oh, another, with Greg Coulter. Greg Coulter. That it very well could be. He had issue with the lead singer. He said he was an asshole or something. But. Yeah, that's Greg. <laughs> He's a trumper. Yeah. But uh, I know the guys you're talking about. Yeah, drums. Uh, since 1982, I got my first kit for Christmas, and uh, I was actually incarcerated at a a work camp for uh, wayward boys called Campbell Lodge over in Campbell County, Kentucky. And uh, my parents decided to admit me to this place through the court system because I was running around vandalizing and taking hood ornaments and selling them at school and <laughs> you name it, we were getting into trouble. But anyway, hold on, hold on. I got not to steer you too far off course, but what was the market for hood ornaments at your school? What, what would oh, you dude, get? Five, five, five to 10 bucks for domestic. 
And if it was an if it was a Mercedes, it was fifteen, and I actually got a Rolls Royce that I got thirty four in nineteen eighty two. Hey, that's big money in nineteen eighty two. Yeah. Hey, that's some stew. Yeah, and, and I'm Gordon. That's Gordon Gecko shit. Yeah, Gordon Gecko. Yeah. Well, my dad used to complain about that because he was an auto body mechanic at Thompson McConnell Chevrolet, which so is probably, probably TMI crazy. for a podcast. <laughs> but he, um, yeah, he always had to, when he when he would do works and you know hoods and stuff like that, constantly having to come up with uh, the hood ornament because they were out of item. Because of me. Because a guy like you. What was a caddy hood ornament? What would that go for? A caddy was 15. Yeah, they were cool. And I'll never forget, I got a Ford, no, it was a Mercury Zephyr station wagon. Remember those ugly cars? Yeah, but the hood ornament was cool on that, wasn't it? It was. It had a big Z. And I was like thinking, this is Frank Zappa. Like, Frank, somehow this has something to do with Frank Zappa. Mm-hmm. in my 11 year old mind so yeah. right but uh anyway yeah i got a call at campbell lodge right before christmas on the the house phone it was like hey Lou, you got a call the counselor was like everyone had a communal phone that we had to use and my dad's on the other line and he's like yeah your mother and i uh we've been seeing that you uh when you come home every couple of weeks that you've been like air drumming to these records with this led zeppelin and you wear these headphones, the Nova, Nova 40s, realistic. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, we just decided to go ahead. We're going to get you a drum set for Christmas. I was like, no way. Wow. So I got off the phone and I said, my parents are getting me drums for Christmas. And all those kids were like, you're getting drugs for Christmas. Sweet. <laughs> like, you little criminal. No, I said drums. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I'm here for a So I got a drum kit. <laughs> it's like, your parents are the best, man. Yeah, right? <laughs> they were. They, everybody's parents yeah. are the best when they when they first get the drums. And then when the parents realize what they've done. Yes. Right. They're like, get that shit out of here. Yeah. It's like, we didn't buy a big enough house or yard to stick this guy far away from us. Did you end up exactly. in the garage with, uh, with egg crates on the, uh, on the walls? Yeah, I was up in my bedroom, and uh, my dad actually wired some speakers up through the uh, the record player through the attic and into my my bedroom. Uh-huh. And so, what I would have to do was like put the needle on the record, and then run as fast as I could and get behind the kit with the two big speakers behind my head, mm-hmm. behind the drum kit, and then slam into the first track of Zeppelin Two, mm-hmm. which is a whole lot of love, you know. Yeah, Fishman used to do the exact same thing. Oh, it's a great way to learn because it teaches you, you know, you got to work for it. You got to run up the steps. You got to run through the living room. Yeah, his his drums were in the basement and he had to run upstairs and, you know, restart the record and run back downstairs. Exactly. So, yeah, been playing drums since 82. A lot of local bands had a couple of bands that got signed to independent labels. And uh, one band was Hell Nation. They're still available through Mortem Records in San Francisco. We were kind of like a punk, Dead Kennedys, Black Flag slash sort of thrash band. We were a little hard-edged for the suburbs of northern Kentucky. And <laughs> Hell Nation had quite a presence in the, the fanzine scene in the east or the west coast. Uh, maximum rock and roll. Chris Dodge gave us a lot of great reviews and 
you know, we did the, the thing everybody does, which is send in your tape Jell-O B offer and hope that you get signed to uh, alternative tentacles or something. And SST, of course, we sent the demo into Greg Ginn and Rollins, but we ended up just getting signed to, uh, we made up our own label and then got bought out. It's kind of cool. And then started getting into the scene in the 90s in Clifton and kind of wanted to play because I was always like the closet Ambrosia fan playing grindcore punk. <laughs> and I'm thinking about like, baby, come back and all those, you know, player and all that soft rock, right. yacht rock stuff. And I'm like, those guys have like Camaros and girlfriends. What am I doing? <laughs> so yeah. I sold out. The music sold out. Women. <laughs> yeah. Music that women like. Think about that. Right. Right. Yeah. When you think about metal or you think about punk, yeah. you know, you know, and they probably they do get women, <laughs> but you know, you, you think about Meatloaf, you know, there's more women at his concerts. Oh, that's true. Mm. Yep. And he is not a pretty boy. Yeah, I just listened to a no, lot of Meatloaf. Yeah, he he writes. He's not a pretty boy, but he writes pretty lyrical songs. You know, I I want you, I want you, I need you, I need you. There ain't no way I'm ever gonna love you. Yeah. You know, yeah. women like that. They're like, oh, my God, that's me. Gosh, it's just like me. Right. So you got to relate Steinman. to the listener. Yeah, Steinman. Yeah, the collaborator. But that's the thing. I was always listening to Steely Dan and Earth, Wind & Fire and playing all this metal stuff. And I'm like, kind of get kind of tired playing this stuff, too. And, you know, you get that butt sweat where your underwear is just soaked <laughs> through your cut-off army shorts from the Newport, Kentucky Army Store, land, sea, and air. And you're trying to look like Chris Cornell. <laughs> and it's like, man, I, I want to do something where I can make some money and, and have a little less butt sweat. So, uh, but yeah, I still play. I still play. They, I've, uh, they make underwear out of this material called wicking, W-I-C-K-I-N-G. <laughs> the wicking technology? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I ever did to that store, that uh, Army Surplus store a couple of times. I got uh, some camouflage pants. I was going to do some paintball and all that shit. Wound up. Yeah, the place was great. Right on, right on twenty seven. Yeah, it was a cool story. So, yeah, um, but, so you kind of already answered this, but your style, I guess, you know, you kind of uh, hard rock style. You know, John Bonham. He got he got into Bonham. like soft rock cover bands, I think, after that. Yeah, yeah. So you kind of fulfilled. You kind of followed your uh, your your own taste and joined some uh, softer softer um, groups. Yeah, I guess it's softer. Uh, in in a lot of ways, it's more dynamic. You know, more technique that that you can subliminal stuff and. What were the name of those bands? Games. The which band? The soft rock band. Yeah, the soft rock band. They're bands. I had I had one which was called Three's Company, and it was two guys and a chick, mm -hmm. which was the opposite of Chrissy and Jack yeah. and uh, yeah. Jan Janet. And then the other one was called Mellow Gold, and uh, we did all that stuff. That baby comeback player and. We even did a bit of, uh, oh, God, what are those guys from San Francisco? What you going to do when she says goodbye, Pablo Cruz? Yeah. Okay. We're doing the Pablo Cruz, and everyone's like, what are you guys doing? This is dumb. Yeah. And then, like, five years later, everyone else is trying to do it. I'm like, ha-ha. Yeah. Man, We're already Oates. Do you any, do any Hall and Oates? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have you listened to that you... stuff? A video of you singing a Commodore song behind the drum kit. Uh, oh, yeah. that was easy. Yeah. Easy like Sunday. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good song. I like that. You mm -hmm. know. 
Um, but yeah. I could see a, I could see a female singer doing a lot of the songs and really uh, kicking it up a notch. You know, if you're not going to have a you might as well have a, a chick. Yeah, <laughs> dude, you are so correct because at like 40 years old, when I was pulling that stuff off. Mm-hmm. I mean, you cannot squeeze your balls tight enough to hit those notes those guys were hitting as natural high tenors in their 20s, like Daryl Hall. Yeah. Who I, I, I consider top five all-time rock pop vocalist because you're born with it. It's physical. It's Your vocal cords just can't do that from practice. So we would we had such it a hard even time finding – Yeah, he's this is complete natural. And uh, – so we needed to bring in some ladies and, and we were doing some female lead vocal stuff too, some uh, mm-hmm. Olivia Newton-John and things like that. Um, but you need that for vo- for vocal harmonies and also to hit the high notes that guys can't hit if you're not a natural high tenor, which like 2% of the population is. So yeah, that and stuff, you know, wedding receptions. Man, I'll tell you what, people hate him. I love him. I think he's great. Who's that? Who's that? The Darryl bass player from oh. Chicago. Oh, oh I'm okay. sorry, I lost track for a second. Oh, Peter Cetera. Peter Cetera, right, right. Yeah. Um, Which, yeah. He, I mean, he came up with one of the most bizarre lyrics I've ever heard when he left Chicago and went solo. And it was for the Karate Kid. And the lyric is, I am a man who will fight <laughs> for your honor. And it's like, yeah. make a knight in shining armor from a long time ago. Like a knight in shining armor from a long time ago. No, like from last week, dude. <laughs> <laughs> a little redundant there, but you well, know. Well, it's lyrical. Yeah. Contemporary. Yeah, not not all song lyrics make sense. What about like Leo Sayer? I mean, now you're really getting into, to, you know, yeah. high pitch kind of. Uh, That's, know, yeah, he had that slow dance, <laughs> you know, hit, I think. When I, when I call you or something. What was that? What was that hit that he had? He's. Yeah, I, I can't remember. I just remember something when I not shortest guy. It's the one about the, it's the <laughs> one about how I can dance or something. Oh, you make me feel like dancing. You can make me feel like dancing. The other yeah. one was about dancing too. Well, dancing fool. No, that's. <laughs> you see the I same thing. Like, okay, so like, uh, like okay, I talk about Led Zeppelin a lot because I really am a big fan. But it's like Robert Plant can't sing like he did in 1969. You know what I'm saying? Right. I think that's why he was uh, really, really, you know, despite the fact there was millions and millions of dollars on the table to do like some kind of reunion tour or something. He just couldn't stand the idea Mm -hmm. of doing it. Yeah. The voice is just not. I got it. Got to respect that, actually. Yeah. And if you're talking about vocal performance and ability, all you have to do is see live aid zeppelin reunion to know that when, when plant comes out and they're they're getting ready to plug in you hear the little feedback and he's like good evening and it's like what mm-hmm. he's like good evening yeah. <laughs> oh no he this is gonna right be terrible there. he didn't massage yeah. his vocal cords and you know refuse to speak between sets <laughs> yeah yeah that, that, and that, and he was still relatively young, man, and he had a very good solo career going, but it just wasn't the same, you know, wasn't the same type of music. But. And then that yeah. kind of gets sad when someone um, comes out and, and they just don't sound the same, like Dionne Warwick, Unmasked Singer. I just, so much respect for her, and, and it's kind of a little bit sad to me. <laughs> Is it just me? I mean, because she did not no. sound right. 
was she she was like Her contestant on not, there yeah oh, okay she, she did the the yeah and well, she kind of rude sound like Dion Warwick yeah. it's kind of rude to even ask her to try to do that she wanted they volunteered they asked to do it yeah yeah because no it, it looks mm. like fun yeah. more than I can say is the other Leo Sayer yeah mm-hmm. okay oh all right there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of great singers the one i think of when you talk about this like falsetto is john anderson of yes yeah yeah you think it's falsetto or i mean it's just so isn't that what you would call that it's just high <laughs> extremely high high tenor i mean take yeah it takes a tear up and then like you know <laughs> maybe another quarter way up the scale with him he sounds like somebody's got his balls in a, in a vice getty lee gets up there too singer. like cygnus x1 Spinning whirlings to descending like a spiral sea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Was he singing about him him and his Rossinante? <laughs> yeah, his Rossinante. <laughs> yeah. 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 What's that? The necromancer on Caress of Steel. He gets up on that one too. But yeah. You could kind of tell later years of Rush how he was sort of he would get to a certain point and then he would just kind of cut off a little quicker just to survive and get through the yeah. song you got to get i mean 100 dates a year at that age you're in your like 60 years old right it's tough right so okay. we're going to cut them all a break guys we're going to cut them oh, all a yeah, break including yeah. mr plant yeah and you know i was no, such I a zeppelin fan i was so disappointed when i when i heard the second robert plant solo album i think it was principle of moments mm-hmm. and i was like this That's isn't zeppelin that in the mood <laughs> yeah i think it's in the mood and um i'm in the big mood for a melody i'm in the mood yeah big log was that on was that on that one yeah it was on that one. was that the first one yeah yeah like it was right log. after uh principle of the moments first, was the first one had burning down one side and uh, yeah pledge pin yeah. uh pledge worse than detroit and then the slammer the last track on the album with Cozy Powell on drums from Rainbow, uh, Slow Dancer. Mm. Yeah. But uh, I was like, okay, that's kind of rocking. And then they came out with that whole thing. I just listened to that album again about a week ago. And I was like, brilliant. Guy's a genius. Mm. Guy stayed within his zone. He wrote songs about things that he met, that meant something to him completely original and it was his own deal and he put together a brand new band and i think it was phil collins on drums on that one too but i was like god i was so dumb when i was 14 15 oh yeah so you know you just want the blood and guts you want the meat you want the flesh you know i know we're vegetarians here aaron and i but Mm. you want that bloody you know meaty center center cut so, yeah, it's hard to get like, away from what you fell in love the with. Initially. The, the, Bruce, the Bruce Dickinson. Mm. Not Speaking the of which, I was, just, <laughs> I was just thinking of Bruce Dickinson and Iron Maiden in the show I saw with Wasted. Yeah. Uh, Pete Way, formerly of UFO, opened up for uh, Up the Irons at the Gardens in 80, 85. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah, and my, my buddy caught a stick from Nico. Oh, cool. So... So was that pre Maiden or was that, I mean, because Dickinson, I mean, Dickinson joined Maiden because you're saying Dickinson run, uh, fronted this band you're talking about, right? Oh, it was, it was Iron Maiden at the gardens. Oh, okay. Okay. It was yeah. Iron Maiden. All right. Yeah. Um, it wasn't that tattooed millionaire thing that he did solo. Okay. 
<laughs> well, he wasn't there originally. No, but I'm, you know, so I thought maybe I didn't. Rob oh, no. didn't, didn't Judas Priest lose a member this week? Yes, that's all that. Their drummer, I believe. I believe. Oh my gosh, he died. Yeah, Scott Travis. I'm pretty sure it was a drummer. I'd I'd have to look up who or. But, uh, wow! Right but that would be a great that would be a great show, Maiden. I would have loved to seen that. But and you know I'd like to have seen more shows at the Gardens because mm-hmm. I saw Metallica recently, like within the last two years, um, at uh, the Crown, and it sounded like dog shit. And I don't think it was Metallica's fault. I think the acoustics in that place was terrible. We were up in the mm-hmm. we were up in the uh, you know the the box seats or whatever the. The luxury suites, yeah, the suites, and I was like leaning over trying to hear it better, and it sounded like it sounded muffled, you know, and um, just uh, couldn't get a good sound in that place. Yeah, that place yeah. has never been. Yeah. Drummer for their first album, John Hinch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And then it was Les Binks, then it was Simon Phillips, then it was Dave Holland who was arrested for pedophilia. Uh, Oh, giving a retarded kid, I'm sorry, a mentally uh, challenged boy drum lessons in his house. Yikes. And he's passed away since that conviction. That's well, they're all getting old there. Yeah. They're getting up there. Everyone's getting old. So yeah. we're the next generation. But yeah, uh, the gardens was a great time. I got to see Triumph with Ingve Malmsteen. Mm-hmm. I was in the front or second row. We kept doing that thing where you would get a ticket and your buddy would buy a really expensive ticket and we would all pay for it. And then we'd all get the nosebleed tickets for the rest of us to get in. So there'd be four of us and we would just hand over the good ticket, you know, and hop the hockey, hockey boards. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I got busted. I got busted. This big security guard grabbed me by the collar because trying to squeeze in and everyone's got their own folding chair and they're all standing on the folding chair. And I was just like, just let me sit, like stand right between you guys and I'll keep my head down. <laughs> nope. Boom. You're out of here. Back to the nosebleeds. <laughs> but I did get to see Ingve when Ingve's bass player's bass cabinet head blew up and they had to quit the show and they had nothing that they couldn't get it to work. And he took this 62 cream colored Fender Strat and threw it all the way up into the rafters and walked off stage. And it seemed like it was up there for a minute. And it was like, that thing's going to crash. <laughs> and it just crashed and made this horrendously cool noise. And we're like, that's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, Triumph came out and pulled their little kind of, at that point, it was like 88. Somebody's out there somewhere waiting for someone. Like, yeah. what? This isn't Never Surrender. Yeah. <laughs> I had that first, I think it was the first Triumph album. And they were uh, Power Trio, so they had the, that in common with, like, Rush. But- and yeah, they're Canadian. Mm-hmm. They're pretty good. You know, they were a good band. Yeah, yeah, but, loved them. So the uh, the venue is really important. So you know, to get mm-hmm. you know, if you're going to see a show or be in a show, do you have like a? I know you said that you uh, did some stuff in Clifton, like uh, Sudley Malone's and stuff, maybe, or did you do some other? Oh yeah, arts? can we stick on the gardens for another minute? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. My first show was at the gardens. It was Billy Squire. And uh, the opening band was Def Leppard. Oh, yeah. nice. That was April 5th, 1983. Yeah. Ooh, okay. 
the emotions in motion. That was a hot ticket because I remember all throughout school, everybody was talking about that shit. We had something in the auditorium and you could just hear people chirping, <laughs> buzzing about it. You know, a lot ah. of kids were going to that show. Like, and Pyromania. Pyromania yeah, had just that, come out probably. It just dropped. Yeah. Which and you, you, that, actually, that Emotions in Motions is a great album. I love that bass line to that. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's, a, it's a good loop. Well, but, um, and um, I, I used to always see the Cyclones at the gardens. Yeah. Yes, and sir. I know you're a big Cyclones fan. I don't know if we're ready to move into Cyclones because Phil is moving another direction. Well, I just wanted to, but, you know, I think that first, we can talk about the Cyclones here in a minute, but like those first three Def Leppard albums are just really outstanding, I think. High and dry. Mm. And high and dry. And, but, yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we, we got a little unexpected, um, uh, souvenir from the gardens. After they took him, da- after they took the gardens down, we had some mice move in. <laughs> right. oh, yeah. There were some critters coming out we're from about, under that rubble. We're yeah, like three blocks from the gardens. gardens. People have actually parked in front of our house to walk to the gardens. Yeah. Oh, wow. So you're near Seymour and they're near, yeah. they're near Dale Road and Section, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would without giving too much away. You know the Dale Road Drive through at all? That's we're we're like right around the corner from it. It's such a historic venue. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about Elvis, the Beatles. I think mm-hmm. I, I think I read recently that the, the Doors may have played there. You know, JFK gave a speech there. Yeah, Oscar Robertson played basketball. You know, you know what? Shriner Circus. Yeah, mm-hmm. all the time. Uh, what killed it was uh, Black Mold. But I mean, I know that it, it was probably impractical to keep it, but it just you know, kind of yeah. ripped at my heart a little bit. And I felt like, mm-hmm. like what Aaron was getting to, the Cyclones, when they were there, man, that mm-hmm. place was rocking when the Cyclones yeah. started there. Right. When they moved to the Coliseum, I refuse to call it that other name, by the way. Um, when they moved to the Coliseum, it, it's not the same. Yeah. Yeah. Is it the, they call yeah. it the Crown still? No, they call it U.S. Uh, well, hun, you can say it. U.S. Bank Arena? Yeah. Uh, so the Coliseum. Yeah, yeah, it's the Coliseum. Yeah. Thank you, Aaron. It's, I guess the it's crown now Harris. Power to the slightly it, unrealistic people. <laughs> it's gone even corporate farther now. It's now the Heritage Bank Arena. Heritage Bank in Northern Kentucky bought the naming rights. So uh, I like yeah. the Coliseum. And you know, you guys had sent an outline that you were thinking about talking about. And it was, will the Cyclones ever be in the NHL? The Gardens, excuse me, the Coliseum was built to lure an NHL franchise here. And the Stingers lost the franchise bid by one vote at the administrative level of the NHL. Wow. Well, now, do you think, and I I, I don't know if this is connected in any way, but do you think having an FCC team will help or hinder the possibility of a, a hockey no, it can't happen, and it won't because the arena's not big enough, and they're not going to renovate it. The uh, Niederlander group that owns the – yeah, the Niederlanders own the arena, I think, with AGI, another entertainment Live Nation-type uh, music entity, owns 49%. They wanted to try to get the county and the state uh, to renovate, to get, I guess, the final four and maybe a Republican national convention, but – it was shot down, and they're not giving out any more uh, NHL franchises since the Seattle Kraken 
just got one and it comes with a pretty price. It's a $650 million franchise fee. Ooh. Oh yeah, that's a lot. That makes up to thirty two Wow. Yeah. So the cyclones are gonna remain in the minors. And for me, that's fine. I, yeah. I mean they can drive to Columbus and see the Blue Jackets play my favorite teams, which are the Penguins and uh the Sabres. Mm. But are they, uh, are they an affiliate team with an NHL club? Yeah, they are the Sabres affiliate and the Rochester Americans of the American AAA farm team. Mm. So, you know, you get to see a lot of good talent. And here's the point. This week, Cincinnati Cyclones' former goalie, nine years in the minors at the AA Cyclones level and the AAA Americans of Rochester level, Michael Hauser, finally got, through injuries and hard work, Mm. a shot to open his first uh, start his first NHL game with the Sabres. He won his first game. Oh, nice. So you get a second chance. If you win that game, you get to start the next night. He won the second game two nights ago in shootout. Oh, So he stopped 45 shots at 29 years old, and he is the folk hero of Western New York right now, and he lived here in Fort Mitchell with the rest of the team at the apartment village right across Dixie Highway from where I live, mm-hmm. you know, you get to see these guys in Kroger getting sushi and stuff. And you're like, hey, man, what's going on with your game? How are you feeling? You know, why isn't so-and-so shooting the puck more? And they'll tell you whatever you want to know. It's great because the access level is right there. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we're, we've got some – we've got a good organization here, and I'm I'm happy with it. So, Well, you but, mentioned yeah. the Stingers, and it's like I, I vaguely remember – I was really young when the stingers were around, but I do remember, uh, you know, some of the branding and stuff. It was pretty cool, but it was like brown and, and gold, kind of like Padre colors or something. Yeah, black and yellow. Or black and yellow, I guess. Yeah. I used to listen to Andy Mack do all the stingers games, just like I listened to Marty Brenneman do remember? the uh, yeah. Reds games. Yeah. And, and Robbie- he, it was always simulcast channel 19 and WLW. Well, if it was on mm-hmm. TV, they'd both be the same audio. The Indianapolis Racers versus the Stingers. And tonight it's yeah. the Birmingham Bulls versus Stingers. <laughs> Andy Mack Williams here. This is Andy Mack. Yeah, me too, dude. <laughs> um, but Robbie Fatorik was like the superstar. He was like the Gordie Howe of the Stingers, right? I mean, he, he, uh, he ended Rick up. Rick Dudley, man. Rick Dudley. What, didn't Fatorik yeah. make it to the NHL? Or I have a wrong guy. He sure did. Yeah, he did. Rick Dudley. You know, the uh, Aaron's a Rick Dudley guy. But. Rick Dudley could fight too. I'll tell you what. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That is, that old light of, that'll get a crowd going. I, you know, I've been to a few uh, at the gardens. You know, I went down there a couple of times. And, you know, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to lie and say I'm a huge hockey fan, but whenever they start throwing his gloves off and start wailing <laughs> on each other, that's pretty man. That going to the gardens, it was six bucks to get in there. Yeah, that was, that was. And of course, Wild Man was all steeped in that tradition. He was always yeah. Uh, before long, he was on the PA all the time. Yeah, he, he was. Don cool. Helbig was the radio uh, broadcaster, and he went on with the Cyclones when they uh, came down to the Coliseum, and then it was replaced with John Hamill, and they got did the they affiliation guy, with the Marshall. They have a guy Kevin Crunch Kerr or something like that, or, or am I confusing my hockey teams? Oh, uh. No, no, I think you're right. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's the the first Mach one cyclones. Yeah, yeah that's that's the cyclones that I, I moved out before that before the later cyclones. Right, right, and they were in the International Hockey League at the point that you saw them, or the was the GCHL. There was the Central Hockey League. There was the International Hockey League. The American Hockey League were all sort of on the same semi-triple-A level, and you could vacillate between leagues or get moved up to the NHL. And then uh, the World Hockey League was what the Stingers started in as an upstart league to try to be kind of like the XFL to the NHL. And a lot of those teams were absorbed into the NHL later. I think like the Edmonton Oilers became an absorbed NHL franchise from the World Hockey Association, which I thought was pretty good hockey. You had with the Stingers, Birmingham Bulls, Indianapolis Racers, Hartford Whalers at one point. Uh, tough to remember some of those old teams, but a lot of guys made it to the NHL and it was good quality hockey. I'll tell you, we were blessed. Thank you for bringing the Stingers here. But Cincinnati has a rich hockey history because, you know, the Mohawks were the most uh, – most winning hockey organization in the 1950s. And they played exclusively at the gardens and you'd never get away with the logo or the name Mohawks today. But the interesting thing was they allowed the fans to name the team. And so the first season, if you can find one of these sweaters that they call them instead of jerseys, because they literally were sweaters, the Mohawks skated for the first season with a question mark on the front of their sweater. They were unnamed. And they waited till the fans had their chance to name them the Mohawks. And they won four, five, I think, total, but three or four in a row in the International Hockey League. So, wow. we're getting a real history. Yeah, good old garden. Yeah. yeah. I think Norwood. My time was the Swords, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Winners of the American League Hockey, American Hockey League Calder Cup AAA Championships. Hmm. And that was an affiliate of the Sabres. And that's why they were called the Swords. That's why they were called the swords. Mm-hmm. Internet of swords, buddy. Get yourself some getta and a Wiedemann. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, like, in the, the venue, yeah, the gardens. I mean, it's, I think the same architect that did Madison Square Gardens did Cincinnati Gardens, I believe. So. Um, Toronto Maple Leaf Gardens. Okay. Okay. Because the, this, the uh, Madison Square is circular. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm. And if you look at the old Leafs barn, that's what they, you know, kind of did that off of the uh, game plan for the Montreal team. Madison Square is like on above the subway station too, right? Well, I have my little yeah, and it's a little off. And Aaron's been there for uh, plenty of fish shows, I'm sure. Uh, that's my. I have, I've never been to New York. I want to go to that MSG for fish stuff. So. Yeah, that's a pilgrimage. I hate to interrupt, but I'm going to take a, a, a short break to mention our sponsor. And I'll be back. Sponsored by Trader Joe's and Target in the trunk. <laughs> <laughs> and Thompson McConnell Cadillac. Yeah, baby. Jeff Waller Chevrolet. <laughs> right down Broadway. Yeah. Cheaper in the country. Oh, <laughs> cheaper in the country. Do they still use that? <laughs> Our cars like eggs are cheaper in the They're country. Cheaper in the country. <laughs> Where cars like harvested human embryos are cheaper in the country. <laughs> I know they still have the big Indian sign. Do they really? 
7505 yeah. Vine, where Paddock meets Vine at the big Indian sign. Yep, right mm. there. Time Auto. Yeah, they. I, I wonder if that uh, sign's still there. Is is this car dealership still there? Yeah. There's something there, but I don't think it's the same. Is it? Do you it's know? Cincinnati Auto Credit. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, and they yeah. they really really upgraded that uh, that White Castle that's right next to it. <laughs> mm. You know, I'm surprised that Indian the hasn't. Castle. That Indian's going to get doxxed any minute now. Yeah. Well, you, you know. Can't have uh, that. What is it? They took down when when uh, when football Jesus got hit or touchdown Jesus got hit by lightning. I was actually working with a lady that went to that church, mm-hmm. and when she she was actually the head of the committee to replace touchdown Jesus, and um, oh, I wow. I'm not particularly religious, and she was particularly religious, and. Um, and she got mad at me for asking her if wasn't rebuilding the statue instead of doing good works and a form of idolatry. Oh, yeah. yeah. Put her on the spot. Picking at, a, picking at an open wound there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So she got, she got real mad at me. She, you know, but then we, uh, we, we had a tendency to get a little bit ribald in our conversation. The ladies did. Yeah. Um, mm. And, uh, so, you know, yeah, she, she was not amused in general, but she never reported us. So that was nice. That is the, what the solid rock church, Mm. solid rock church. And I always wondered, I always wondered if on Sunday service or Saturday night service, if they ever covered the Ashford and Simpson hit solid as a rock. (laughs) I don't know. I don't think they were rock. the, the ska <laughs> solid is a rock. Yeah, apparently because that's what, what our love is. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Solid, 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 solid. Another one of those yeah. soft rock, rock hits coming at you. Absolutely, I got to put that one on the list. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, so we're back uh, with Lou Diamond Phillips. It's Lou Diamond and Phillips podcast. <laughs> Blue Diamond push-ups. Blue Diamond push-ups. <laughs> Blue Diamond push-ups. Uh, so I wanted to talk a little bit about, because, okay, I told the story. I touched on the story a little bit last time when Aaron came and visited a couple mm-hmm. years ago for a baseball draft, I think. And uh, he brought his son with him. And um, mm-hmm. uh, later that evening, um, he text, I think he texted me and told me, hey, turn on the radio or something. I, and I turned it on, and he's on the freaking radio. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, how the fuck does that happen? Yeah. <laughs> you know? What yeah. Here? Somebody's sharing their screen. Yeah. The big Indian sign. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Paddock meets fine. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to um, sure. I wanted to talk about, uh, you know, WLW and your connection with WLW. Because um, uh, he got with you, and, and I think you got, uh, you managed to get him on the Jerry Gary Jeff Walker show. So. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, I've been uh, associated with that channel. They might not want to admit it, but it goes back to probably 1990, 1993 or four, when a buddy of mine who used to have the Waif show on Tuesday nights from midnight to 2 a.m., the Chris and Rob show, mm-hmm. and he Wait, got a job Waif at WLW. Community radio, is that right? 
Yes, WAIF 88.3, and that was Chris Comer and Rob Irvin, who ended up being part of Gary Burbank's talent team. They uh, they got a couple of gigs up there as board operators and uh, talent writers. And Chris used to invite me up there for Sunday nights with Carmine Guzman, which was 55 KRC and then 700. Carmine was a firecracker liberal left-wing kind of guy. They wanted to mix it up. Mm-hmm. Carmine was from uh, Hell's Kitchen, had a thick New York accent, was very bright, very smart, very cutting, very verbally, probably uh, light years ahead of most of the, the uh, I guess, Brown County or Claremont County listeners acumen. And I got to go up and watch that show. It was great. And just hang out in the studio and drink and, you know watch Carmine go crazy and get death threats from the KKK on the phone. And wow. Yeah. Real story. And then I decided, well, I'm going to quit, quit washing dishes at Peterson's on Ludlow Mm. little restaurant. And they had, you know, the one downtown and the one up in Mount Adams, but they were great folks. And I got a job at Strauss Tobacconist downtown, the cigar and wine store. And one day Andy Furman comes walking in and I'm like, Andy was doing uh, WLW Sports Talk and had taken over from Collinsworth, who took over from Trumpy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I hated Furman. I hated his accent. I hated his attitude. But he would hang out every day and drink coffee and just slam coffee and eat bagels and read like Furman. 27 newspapers. I found Furman really abrasive at first, and he grew on me until I moved away. But yeah, he, yeah he, he's just exactly he's a what burn. happened. Hit a yeah. little Howard Cosell effect, I guess. <laughs> yeah. You could meet people in Cincinnati if you left the house. Well, yeah, I could. Yeah. But yeah. So uh, Berman would hang out all you know morning, and I'd be standing there working, just bringing people up, smoking cigars, and all. A lot of lawyers and a lot of power brokers would come in that place. It's kind of like the crossroads because it was in the mercantile building and season good mayor. The bonds, uh, I think they had the bonds for Riverfront Stadium. They have a lot of big deals going on, a lot of white-collar folks, and, you know, it's sort of an epicenter, but you could hang out and smoke. And I started talking sports one day with Furman, and he kind of, I guess he kind of liked my viewpoint and kind of uh, not a homer. You know, I've always been pretty critical of the local teams and the management of the teams. And yeah, he was like, you should come on. You should come on. You're an anti-homer. Yeah, the anti-fan. That was my character, actually, when I called in. So he goes, yeah. you should call in. You should call in the show tonight and say that. And so I started calling in the show and saying stuff. And I was like, TJ Hushmanzada is a pussy. Chad Johnson's a fraud and all this stuff. And he's like, I love it. I love it. And so he had me on. He goes, you should come in. The Saturday morning roundtable sports talk show. Come up to the station in St. Gregory up in Mount Adams. And I was like, all right, cool. So he had me on. And that's that started the relationship with my buddy Andy Furman and uh, we ended up working together uh, at 1160, which was an AM Christian Broadcasting Systems, and the Wild Man had a show on there. David Fulcher. I did. And we also WCKY. Uh, no CKY. Uh, this was an upstart station out of Michigan that bought the 1160 from the old Bob Sports Network, the Bob yeah. Sports I Channel, that. and uh, they had uh, who was. Uh... Oh, Skinner, two angry and guys. Lance. Yeah, yeah, the two angry guys. Lance, I still listen to Lance, but um. Gamble and Gamble and Skinner were on there, and Furman, and uh, it was a new uh, a new venture. And then we started 
working for 96.5 Super Talk, which was an FM all sports format, which was kind of a new thing. Yeah. And that was a cumulus deal after Clear Channel fired Andy for the TJ Hushmanzada fiasco. Yeah, I remember he was supposed to come on and then uh, Andy said some things about TJ because he was late or he didn't show up and then TJ got. He didn't even call in. Yeah. You don't call into your own show. That's rude. But I thought it, yeah, I thought it was pretty stiff that he got fired over that. I mean, yeah. um, Yeah. He was making good money. They wanted to clear house of him. He was um, he was a pariah to them. Does Cunningham He had his own show for two hours on Thursday night. And he didn't call in and didn't he didn't even call in late. He just never called in. So Furman was like, What kind of a punk does that? Yeah. So it got into like a shouting match in the media and he called Andy a a stupid loudmouth uh, white boy or something. So it got kind of racial and then they were like, We gotta just get rid of you. I was like, What? So uh I think I was listening. So, uh, yeah, it was it was pretty fiery stuff. And Andy got hired uh with Cumulus, which owns ninety-six point five uh WGRR oldies and warm ninety-eight. And they wanted a new new format. And Andy said, I want you to be my producer and lead sales guy. So I went over there and worked with him. Then we got fired from that job, and then we went to eleven sixty and <laughs> now we're all doing podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> Where did I see him? So like I, maybe a year ago, I saw him. Uh, it may have been a podcast or something, but it was national. It wasn't. Oh, he's on National Fox. Yes, on Saturday mornings. Okay. Or Sunday mornings, six a.m. Oh, to nine a.m. That would explain it because he were barely ever open uh, awake before ten on a Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> thank, thank you, thank you. But, yeah. but uh, I got a call from, uh, I used to call into Gary Jeff Walker and just kind of do voices. And I called in as Bernie Sanders and did some characters. And he's like, hey, man, Gary Jeff wants your phone number. Jay Armstrong, a comedian that was a regular guest. Mm-hmm. And so he called me and he said, hey, why don't you come in the studio? And so I was just going in there and it was Gary Jeff, Jay Armstrong and myself. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, I got an interesting guest. A buddy of mine's a vegan liberal from Southern California via Cincinnati. And he wants to come in. He's a big fan of radio. And I did not mean, Aaron, believe me, for you to get ambushed. I just want you to know that. But you're a big boy. You can handle yourself. And you did. But they always I pick that ambushed. stuff. Yeah. Okay, good. good. Well, it it, it didn't seem as brutal as it could have been. They could have really yeah. beat him up pretty good. I know they, right. got, they got a kick out of us. They got yeah. a kick out of Eli and the whole Godzilla thing. Mm-hmm. And his, his, Frasier, the- his Frasier bit. <laughs> they did. And uh, I saw all the comments on Facebook. Aaron Leckinger is at WLW with the photo of you and, and, and your son with the microphone. And everyone was like, why? <laughs> like, they were appalled. <laughs> like, why the fuck would you put this guy on? He just run off the street. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you have to have some kind of. That was pretty surreal. California. Was it a walkabout? <laughs> but here you are. You're on you got to have a jazz now. <laughs> you got to have your John, John Birch, John Birch Society hat to get in there. So I was, I was just uh, off of my trip across the country to get there too, driving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Uh huh. I remember you went to a couple places on that trip. You like took a trip down south too. I mean, that was that was the trip before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when you went to uh, Florida, yeah, I'm all, yeah, they all uh, bleeding together mm-hmm. now, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we got my a, last. Gotta... My last trip was going to be 
St. Patrick's Day 2020. But uh, yeah. oh, you, you were going to come last yeah, yeah. St. Patrick's Day 2020. Yeah. yeah, I had to cancel my flight like two days ahead of time. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, now, if you if you yeah, had, we gotta you just... we gotta we gotta rehab our guest room. We're redoing the house, and you know we're putting a dining room table in the guest room. So we're gonna have to figure oh. something out for you there. I got my I got my little one man tent. I can get you. <laughs> just imagine if you had made that oh, trip, hey. if you made that flight, you and then put it on the dining room table. Then everything went on lockdown. <laughs> You'd have been stuck here for fucking five exactly. months exactly yeah. why i didn't leave yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that, that might have been that... tight with one bathroom three people you know you cut the did grass you guys... and stuff like that if that happened. yeah <laughs> did you guys replace did you guys replace the guest's room mattress yet that aaron <laughs> oh no no uh, we have a uh, you gotta understand we have a 300 or 750 square room apartment or a square foot apartment yeah. basically we, you, do, we you, own the two that, you know the story don't you know i don't know if i told you I, oh that story oh yeah yeah that, that's yeah. been gone yeah actually we, uh, we left it up there with our next tenant and we just never told her because <laughs> <laughs> it was clean aaron it got cleaned. Yeah, you know? yeah. Job right. yeah. Clean up on there. That that no, that was, no. Yeah. Yeah. No, you know what? They you know what? They cleaned the car in Pulp Fiction too, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was not cleaned. The, I, I no no. You got oh, it. Just, it I, just I had to pass. A, one of those uh, uh, black lights, you know. To right, luminol. But uh, what you John have to do is every mattress we own, uh, we're like right back that was right after the bed bug thing started getting like really bad and so thankfully there was a bed bug proof (laughs) waterproof cover on that mattress so we just replaced yeah so did it have everyone that was an expensive mattress I'm sure everyone is somewhat in the dark about what exactly we're talking about (laughs) yeah Yeah. there was a splatter Somebody, there was like a skyline chili mishap there right. on the mattress. Right, right. You know, and decent, but, uh, I, I can say is prevents me it didn't from, come like, out of me. Going any further. <laughs> from, 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 yeah, common decency prevents me from explaining it in detail involved, what happened. You know, but just, yeah. just think about yeah. protect the innocent. Yeah. Yes, uh, yes, defend the, yeah. Did that, did that mattress cover have wicking technology? um no no but our new one no, does I, yes our because new one does. you learn from these things right mm-hmm. okay good right yeah <laughs> so yeah our new one has a uh, copper technology and wicking because uh my honey sweats a lot during the night <laughs> oh so is it the brett Favre mattress cover <laughs> um could, i don't know i don't think so because we got it on amazon but we are thinking oh, about upgrading true. you're gonna have to uh, you're gonna have to clue me in Jerry Rice version. Doing something the shit out of somebody. <laughs> just think of it that way. Do the blank right blank out of blank. You know, and then you fill in is that, blank. Is that an adverb? That's an adverb. I N G, right? It's, an adverb. <laughs> it's a verb. That's an action word. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. That's what yes, happened. That was an action. There should be a placard uh, up there or something. Yeah. Well, these things happen. Yeah. Uh, Site of the famous Skyline Chili mishap. <laughs> sometimes norwood chili chili time chili time in st bernard oh that was good oh no no i we have not gotten good service there and and one time oh, we ordered yeah. and there was literally 
like a two inch piece of carrot in it. I was like, <laughs> it was just two inch. It was a two inch section of carrot. They didn't even. Hey, you're in St. Bernard, you know, yeah, yeah, you're in St. Exactly. Bernard. Yeah. That reminds but me. One time vegetable soup. Man. We, had, we had an issue here at the house and I called the police uh-huh. because uh, the, the neighbor up the street was um, mm-hmm. menacing our property. Yeah. And uh, they came and um, the police told me, similar to what you just said, you know, you live in you live in Norwood. You should expect this type of behavior from your neighbors. Oh, <laughs> and I was exactly. Like, you know, they're yeah. like, oh, that's it, it. In fact, the people in our area, if they call. Was, and that, they, was they that the Norwood it. police that said that? Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 Like but, you thought that you must have lived in fucking uh Indian, you know, Indian Hill or something, the way he's talking to me. Yeah. No, no. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, he, um, if, if you call the police and mention this guy's name, they go, oh, yeah, we know him. Just ignore it. Mm. Yeah. He was at wow. one point getting into, there was this young lady um, down the block and he lives on our block, but on the next block, there was a young lady who would let her car warm up and he was getting into the car with her. It's Whoa. Like this, this strange old man is getting into the car well, with this 20-something woman. He's been was, on good yeah. behavior. Let's not despair. Well, no, we haven't seen him. Yeah. Okay? But, but to that me, that's good mean behavior. he's on good behavior. <laughs> to me, that's good behavior. He has, no idea. he has no idea he's the star of a podcast right now. Right. Uh, probably not. And we're not going to say his name and give him the, uh, the satisfaction. Well. Hey, post it on his Instagram page. <laughs> <laughs> It looks like Aaron is muted. I don't know what the hell. Maybe. Uh, yeah. I think he's muted uh, between his comments. Uh, he had a moment of privacy there, maybe. Yeah. Good. So you guys knew Ray Henry? Yeah. Well, no. No, let me. Let Aaron knew yes him and no. me. Yeah. Go ahead, Aaron. Talk you about you knew him better than me in high school, though, I'd say. Man. I I, I knew John Bagley in a little bit. I knew those guys. I knew of, the, of those people. They were like. They were upperclassmen, mm-hmm. so they weren't like in my circle or whatever. Right. But Ray was part of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we but, we were both. We Phil and I usually got to school. I don't know, probably close to an hour early, and those guys were usually there too. I think around the same time. Mm-hmm. They had a group. They called themselves the Hitler Youth. Oh, lovely. Yeah, but they were punk rock, you know. Oh, okay. Like um. So John just, Wittenberg was in it. Trying to be controversial. It was. And there was a rival group, the TRs. I didn't know the TRs. Yeah, the Totally Rejected. Huh. I like them. That's the group I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah well, that was right? that was the group that was that was Ray's rival. Well, who was in that? Jaspers. I don't know. Some... Potsy, Ralph, Potsy. <laughs> Richie. Yeah, I'm I'm getting this picture of them uh, dancing down the street, snapping their fingers. Yeah. <laughs> Our, our is class the they look, that I'm getting, you know. Our class had no group except for programs yeah. for advanced needs. Mm. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have any cool group. We didn't have any punk rock groups like that. But we had, that was, we had that was a pretty punk rock group, actually. We had a um, we had a guy <laughs> who was uh, secret secretly smoking a joint in the back of the class one day and set this girl on hair. How do you how do you secretly smoke a joint in class? Um, you, he was behind this girl and he was hiding it and he caught her hair on fire. So it wasn't much of a secret, but 
But fortunately, um, Joe was actually a pretty tall dude. And he basically told the guy, yeah, you're going to need to stop smoking in the class if you're going to put, if you're going to set people on fire. That's like tremendously cool, I guess. You're going to need to. You're yeah. going to need to stop smoking. That sounds like uh, lumber going into Peter's cubicle. Uh, right. yeah. yeah. Peter, I'm going to need you to kind of stop smoking weed in the office now. We could do yeah. that. Jeez, we would have been, <laughs> we would have been killed by high school. Covington Catholic, yeah. they would throw things at your head. <laughs> like, geez, dude. Oh, yeah. We, yeah. Had, we had a teacher take a shoe off and throw it at your head. Yeah, it was Joey Osborne. Mm. He was just really, really cool. And uh, what was it? There was another day the same guy came into class and um, he was on fire. He doesn't. He wasn't good at putting his joints out. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and and Joe says, uh, "Yeah, uh, I don't remember his name." He says, uh, "You might wanna. Uh, you might wanna put the joint in your pocket out. You're smoking." <laughs> let's talk a little bit more about. Let's talk a little bit more about Ray here. Okay. So we didn't, I didn't know yeah. him that well back then, but he started, uh, he looked entirely different as an adult than he did. As, so I didn't even recognize him when I started to see his posts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And he had made a, uh, a career. He was in the arts. You know, he was, uh, I don't know what his role was at Music Hall, but he uh, he was the curator or something, Music Hall. And uh, oh, yeah, he was the, the general manager of the ancillary hall there, the smaller one that they had. Uh, Oh, what was that called? Memorial Hall. Yeah. 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 We went there when we saw um that one the radio symphony. show. Well, no, no, no. No, the symphony we saw at the main hospital, the main. Um, we saw that radio show at the the memorial yeah. hall. Yeah. But uh so he was a uh charismatic guy. I would I would chat with him occasionally online. He told me about having gone to Bonnaroo and he'd been involved in some uh concerts and uh uh, you know, arts activities. He was an interesting guy. Um, so how did you know him, Lou? Um, through Facebook. I'd never met him before in my life, and we kind of clicked because we were both sort of that antagonistic sort of poker yeah. mentality on Facebook, trying to screw with the machine and see who we could rile up. I guess it's called a troll, but, you know, <laughs> my stuff's never been nothing, anything but real, and neither was Ray's. And he would post things like, rest in peace, um, you know, Gerald Ford or something and Ford was still alive. It was just kind of like bad juju stuff in a way, but it was funny as hell. And uh, I finally met Ray. He said, you know what I'm doing? I'm hanging out here at the Mount Adams pool. And all you got to do is get a day or a year pass. It was like 10 bucks for the Cincinnati wreck. And yeah, <laughs> Ray and I both of us hanging out at the pool and then uh, started hanging out down at the drinkery and OTR and just kind of raising hell. And, he would have these epic disco parties back at his house over uh, right there behind the School for the Performing Arts on Broadway. He yeah. lived in a, a pretty, pretty cool place. Yeah. And um, tragic end, you know, had a, a bad situation with a woman he was dating who was still married. She was promising that she was going to leave him. Mm-hmm. Gun got involved. And I was at the tr- Cheap Trick show at uh, the Taft Theater. And a buddy of mine messaged me. He said, Ray Henry's in the hospital and they think he's going to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I said, WTF happened. And I heard the story and uh, went and visited him with his wife, his ex-wife, Rebecca. I went up there with her. I actually went in and saw Ray on life support. And uh, the nurse said, 
we're we're keeping him alive because we're going to harvest his lungs because he has extremely large lungs and they're very hard to come by for certain uh, recipients that need that. Yeah. And I just I just kind of punched his bare foot and I said, "Dude, we'll see you next time," you know. And that that was a really harsh situation, but good memories nonetheless. I still see these pop-ups, you know, Facebook memories and it's like Ray Henry and I in his kitchen with a disco ball and all these crazy chicks hanging out and it was very bohemian, so to speak. Yeah, but, uh, I'll tell you, I got a great Ray Henry story if you got the time about the, and it's about the gardens. Absolutely. We've got your yeah. time. Yeah. So Ray, of course, lived in Norwood and went to a lot of shows, but he never paid. He told me, mm-hmm. and I said, "How did you do that?" And he goes, "Dude, there's a side door on the southeastern side of the gardens. If you're looking at the gardens, it would be to the right side, mm-hmm. and." He goes, I would just dress up in black BDU or cargo pants, you know, that we call them now. That you get the Army store, the black ones, the rip stops. And he goes, I would wear a black T-shirt, tuck my shirt in, wear a black belt. I would get a guitar cable from Midwest Music in Norwood and then a roll of gaffer tape. And I would just go and walk up to the door and act like a roadie. <laughs> yeah. Wow. On, the, on the side entrance. Sweet. Hey. And he said he saw 30 or 40 shows there that way. And so he told me a particular story about uh, one of the bands we've mentioned earlier. He said he was getting ready to pull his little act and he was going in as a roadie on the southeast side entrance of the building when he saw this yellow cab tear up to the building. And it was getting on at like 645. Yeah. And long haired dude in a jean jacket and high top tennis shoes gets out and starts pounding on the door that he's waiting to get in to go do his fake roadie duties. Right. And he, no one's answering because he's waiting for the same person on the other side to open it up. And then he says, the guy rears back, takes his right leg up and kicks the fucking door in. And it was Bruce Dickinson. Oh wow! Oh wow! Full circle here. It was the Maiden show that we were talking about earlier with Wasted opening up, opening up. Oh. Huh. huh? I was like, yeah. I was at that show, dude. Well, you know, wow! When you were talking about that, I read an account of when the Beatles did the Gardens, and they talked about how they came and landed at Lunkin Airport, and they took, uh, you know, they they retraced the route, like up Reading Road and down uh-huh. Langdon Farm, and they hung a right. They traced the whole route that they took, and they said they went into a right side entrance. So that might have been the same entrance. Yeah. John yeah. George and Ringo went through. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Walking in the footprints of greatness. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, good stuff. But uh, that, I think it's been ten years since Ray's. It was July Fourth weekend of uh, 2010, I think. 2010. That Ray left us. Yeah. Now, yeah. I, I'm kind of unclear. Was it the wife or the girlfriend that shot him? Well, he was in a car with the woman who was cheating on her husband, who owned a pharmaceutical company up in Westchester. And um, her daughter was in the car. And I think Ray might have been in the back seat. And he started confronting her and verbally it got out of hand. And he shot her from the back seat while she was driving the car wrecked. Oh. And then when the car wrecked, he'd realized what he had done and he decided to shoot himself, not knowing that she ended up surviving, but he would have done yeah. 15 years. 
Yeah, probably. And she recovered miraculously. Mm. Well, there's that. I'm so, glad that's kind of miraculous, you know. But uh, yeah, that's so. Really so Ray, so Ray doesn't have to go to hell now. Yeah. 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 That's my Catholic upbringing. Sorry. No, no, I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, no. I, I, I wasn't raised in a specific religion, but I just I avoid the commandments. Well, they're very com- commanding. Yes, exactly. <laughs> They're kind oh, of they're very demanding. They're very... Te- technically, I could be called an adulterer, although I did not know it. I uh, dated a guy for two years, and um, he got married to someone else about three months before, <laughs> without telling me, three months before I found out and broke up with him. So, oh. technically, I messed with a commandment, but I don't know. What do you think? Does it count? No, you didn't right. know. You just... Just go do uh, 20 Hail Marys and an Our Father. Okay. Right. Isn't, uh, I'll look those isn't, up. <laughs> isn't suicide a Catholic ticket to hell too, Luke? Yeah. Yeah, is. officially it is. But, you know, suicide yeah. is painless. So. Right. It, it, it uh, what is it? It's on many changes. <laughs> you hit on my favorite uh, show. <laughs> well, yeah. I got one last question for you. All right. Yeah, here we go. How sexy is Lisa's voice? <laughs> can we, you know, do you so, think that we can kind of rework this whole yeah, chat to make industry something? and get that <laughs> off the ground again? Uh, quit messing with me. Are you trying to get break into the adult podcasting world? We're thinking about it. We're kind of yeah. dipping our toe in the water here with this kind of, you know, uh, kind of lighthearted yeah. stuff that we might get a little dark at some point. I bet you if Lisa weren't in the company of three, uh, whatever we are, whatever, whatever we allowed to call ourselves nowadays, men or males. Sausage party. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cis, cis guys that she would probably be able to uh, flourish a little more with her femininity and her sex, sex, sexy voice, her sexy voice sings. Oh, I can attest yeah. to that. She she can really melt your you know, melt your shorts. With, yeah, but it, it, she, you know, I'd have to practice my my sexy quote unquote voice because my throat actually yeah. hurts when we do that a little bit. <laughs> melt um, I'd have to. I might have to take voice lessons. Yeah, my husband wants me to sound sexier on our podcast. He wants so. me to melt this short. <laughs> 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 You're a pimp, Phil. You're a pimp. Yeah, well, he's trying to convince me that this podcast is all about me. Yeah, well, I'm looking for... And this a- episode definitely wasn't because I'm not really... Hey, you know, uh, you give me a good book on tape and mm, I'm there. So what, right, what you kind of... I'm, get, I'm looking for good Cadillac. It's time for Lisa's corner chain. Mm, so. <laughs> I got one other person who you might want to ask here that uh, oh. might have an opinion on her Lisa's voice. Can you hold on? Yeah. Sure. Hey, get out of there. Come out of there. Hey, everybody. How you doing? It's me, Jeff Bradley, the cowboy. <laughs> hey, hey, cowboy. You hey, cowboy. How y'all doing? I was just in the bathroom looking at my dirty magazine with Marty Brenneman on the cover. <laughs> and <laughs> dipping my toes in a whole goddamn 40-gallon vat of Montgomery and extra spicy rip sauce. Flavored <laughs> in shrimp and UDF ice cream. Now, there's a little question here about Lisa's voice. How you doing, sweetheart? 
I'm doing fine, Cowboy. How are you? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm in this hotel room, and this guy's doing a podcast in the other room. I have no idea. He's got a man bun and a beard, and he's got these, like, sort of soccer shorts on and flip-flops. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't. It says his those shorts it didn't says his name's Lou Diamond. I have no fucking clue who he is. <laughs> but I'll tell you what. You got a damn yeah. sexy voice, honey. If you ever want to come on down here to come on down to Mississippi, you just take... I-75 South, and then you get right down Broadway to the Cowboys. Now, now, I'll be waiting for you. I don't have a license. Can my husband drive me? Take the damn Amtrak if you have to, sweetheart. Just get your sweet <laughs> ass down here. All right, God, get out of here, man. Let me know. I'll get back in the bathroom, cow freak. Cowboy, get out of here. All right, sorry. That guy. Oh yeah. man, he's out of control. That's fantastic. You got to him for uh, yeah. ice cream and ribs to keep him uh, under his whole, keep, his, keep his toes in there. <laughs> his whole body is covered in Montgomery and rib sauce right now. You know, it's like Led Zeppelin in the bathtub. With, it's like Zeppelin with the girl in the bathtub with the baked beans. He fills the bathtub up with this Montgomery Inn. We're at the Days Inn in Florence, by the way. So, uh, <laughs> gotcha. Cowboy had taped all the windows, darkened them up, and everything. And he slept till about fourteen, fifteen minutes ago, and he heard me in here. So, yeah, but yeah I think the, the voice. Says a lot. Yeah, the Florence Yalls, uh, right under the water tower here, and uh, mm -hmm. Cowboy. I think he approves of your voice, Lisa. Oh, thank you. Well, Tell him, so, Cowboy. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Oh, one last question, um, Lou Diamond. What should we ask you that we didn't? Oh yeah, I gotta remember to stop trying to stop the show before you have a chance to ask that question because mm -hmm. that's a burning question with you every time. Yep. What question should you ask me? Yes, what did wow. you ask that you would have expected us to, maybe, if you had expectations? Hmm. Dating post COVID. All right, because we're married. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, neither of us is dating currently. <laughs> yeah because you'll have to no. say 20 hell marys again in our father neither of us neither of us leaves the house enough to date anyone else so right. yeah, yeah i can tell you it's it's weird out here it's weird yeah. and i've done the bumble i've done the tinder and the plenty of fish is the worst okay cupid but it's yeah. it's all about ghosting you guys maybe want to do a show next time of ghosting <laughs> which absolutely. is absolutely oh yeah like the beginning I, uh, of, I james brown introduction all of those um, you know, you know, my friend, the six foot tall blonde. I do. I'd like to. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, if she was talking to me, I'd probably introduce you guys. You sound like you might be right up her alley, but, um. Or, or an inch shorter. Yeah, than right. her alley. That's okay. She, she doesn't mind shorter. She's dated guys that were shorter than me and I'm five, six. Mm -hmm. Oh, bless her heart. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but yeah, she's absolutely beautiful. She's busty. She's blonde. She's six feet tall. She likes motorcycles, um, dogs, and, yeah. dogs yeah. and, um, yeah. Maybe tell me, Lou, what, tell me your opinion on Harleys. Hmm. On, on what? On Harleys. What's your opinion on Harleys, Lou? Um, <clears throat> I went to Quaker Steak and Lube when everyone was inside watching the, uh, jackal cover band uh-huh and you know that scene in uh i think it's chaz oh, palmer terry cover band 
<laughs> an ACDC cover band. Uh, I'm sorry. A, a tale, a Brooklyn, uh, what is it? A Brooklyn tale or a Brooklyn story or a Bronx tale? Bronx a Bronx tale. tale. Mm-hmm. Remember when the, the Harley guys come into Brooklyn or whatever, or Bronx, and they go in and then oh, Chaz yeah. Palmentary and they just kick over? I did that once. Oh, wow. And Locks then I ran Brooklyn. for my life. Mm-hmm. So, so not a fan. Not a fan. So wait a minute. Yeah. He's not a fan of the noise they make in the morning. Uh, I see. Well, she she's she has a Harley, but she also has um, well, other brands. She's well, not like Harley specific. I want to rewind here. Oh, well, what well, do you mean well, you did that? So you locked a bunch of bikers into a bar and beat them to within an inch of their lives with bait? <laughs> <laughs> or just knocked did? over their motorcycles? I just yeah, I just knocked over the bikes. Oh, okay. Well, Smoking. And then what? What happened? That's still very commendable. Did uh, you escape or take a beating? I, I escaped. I didn't. I didn't stick around. So uh, um, you know. Now I just. It, it's just noise pollution to me. So I like. I like a, a nice peaceful quiet. I like a car that you can't hear. I mean, that's isn't that the point of the exhaust system? Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Do they do anything to Harleys to make them louder? Absolutely. Loud pipes save lives. No, they don't. They annoy me, and then I kill you, so your life is lost. <laughs> exactly. So. Don't discuss past transgressions that might be murderous on our podcast. Come back to me. Yeah, I'll be on uh, some kind of crime show getting interrogated by some balding guy with a mustache and a bad tie in a little room. What's What's the name of that band? They had a song where they talked about... Uh, burying somebody in their yard and they were this like they had this really bad reputation and they were maybe irish or english british something and but the local police actually showed up and dug up their yards to to make sure there was wow yeah i i know that i well, can't I, remember I started the name of that primus. it's in a song i started start thinking of my you name's know, mud i buried her I you know i loved her and i buried her in the backyard something to that effect Guns and Rose. Oh, that's, could be. Yeah, that's Axel Rose. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Probably. And Motor, Motor, Motorhead is the band that if they moved in next door to you, your lawn would die. So that might be where the story started. So Motorhead lives next door to us now. <laughs> could have been old I Lemmy. Mean, I didn't know who Phil- was in Motorhead. <laughs> Lemmy and Filthy Animal Taylor and Fast Eddie Clark. Mm. Yeah, baby. They're all gone. They're all I, dead. I love Lemmy. Yeah. Lemmy was awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Eddie Clark was in Fast Way with uh, Say What You Will with Dave. Yeah. Yeah. They did open for the firm, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah. They had one hit. You know, it was really, it was like a killer rip. Yeah. Like we saw them awesome at. Dayton on Senior Skip Day. Is that Hera Arena? Quit dropping F-bombs, hon. Norwood Strong will never let you back on. They won't answer. From what I understand, it's a bunch of political shit. Oh, well. Well, we're already rebels. Wow. Yeah, that's right. We're we're rebels. Hey, (laughs) you got street cred on the internet now. (laughs) Fuck the ranger, boo-boo. You get Cindy Tinchner on there. Rip them a new asshole. Yeah. All right, Blue. All right. It's been fun. Hey. And I really appreciate it. We had a lot of fun here. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope you can use like a couple things out of it. <laughs> it's all going up. It's all Good going in. Warts and all, baby. Yeah. 
All right. Throw it up there. See who salutes. Yep. All right. Maybe we'll do it again. Thanks for coming on. We're talking about we're talking about the Yankee Rose. Raise them up. See who salutes. Thank you for joining All us right. for another episode of Yeah Aha with Lisa and Phil and our special guests Aaron and Lou Diamond. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. Thanks, everybody. Bye. 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 See you at Trader Joe's. <laughs> Oh, yeah, we should contact Trader Joe's, see if they want to sponsor. Hey, listeners, it's Lisa. And Phil. From Yeah, Uh Uh-huh. How are we doing? We love feedback. Please use our socials to let us know what you think. We have socials. Twitter. Yeah, uh Uh-huh Pod. Instagram. Yeah, uh Uh-huh Pod. Facebook. Yeah, uh Uh-huh Pod. Notice Notice a pattern. pattern. Website. www.yeah-uh-huh.com. So let us know. Hit us back. Have a great week.